When I was a young child, I had an imaginary friend. I don't remember her name, but I know how she was there for me in the most challenging times. Both of my parents worked until the evening. My two older sisters would hang out with their friends and not come home after school. I let myself into the empty home with my own key, alone for a few hours until everyone would come home, until the chaos resumed. Unlike my other friend's home, there weren't any fresh-baked warm chocolate chip cookies with a cold glass of milk or the excitement of a parent or even a sibling waiting for me after school. At 11 years old, I had to be self-reliant. I learned from recipes on the back of magazines or packages how to cook for myself. Grilled cheese sandwiches and macaroni and cheese on the stovetop. Sometimes I baked french fries in the oven. I even created various ice cream flavors in the boring vanilla tub with toppings like strawberries or peanut butter and chocolate. I sat in front of the TV with my snacks and did my homework the best I could with the limited English I had. It is obvious that I spent my childhood alone for after school, so this imaginary friend showed up at the right time. Whenever I needed someone to talk to, I called her on my rotary phone about everything and anything. We laughed, we cried. I would tell her all the details of my day and concerns of my heart about the bullies who terrorized me after class, my so-called friend who stole stickers from my sticker collection when I wasn't looking, or that time I swung across the end of the monkey bars without falling into the hot lava underneath me. We would even spend time together when my family was at home. Unfortunately, this didn't go so well. My family told me I was weird and laughed at me. I felt misunderstood. I was confused, because how could they not see my friend? I kept focusing on how I felt whenever I was, I was left alone for hours. Sadness transformed into joy when I thought about my imaginary friend. She was loyal and was there when no one else was. If I allowed mockery to get to me, I would probably have rejected my great friend. Eventually, my imaginary friend stopped showing up. I began making friends at school and spent time chatting with them on the phone or at their homes. But the ripples of my family's laughter would still ring in my ears. I still believed in my heart my imaginary friend was real. I'm sharing with you because that's how I feel when, I'm, when God is in my life. I'm establishing a strong bond with God that no one else understands. No one can see God physically. I do see him in nature, in the kindness of people, or the compassion for my daughter. And that's okay if no one understands. Most importantly, it's how God makes me feel that counts. I hear his words. We have conversations. Loving, supportive. He's my enthusiastic cheerleader. When I write to God, he listens. The first words that he says to me are, I love you. You are safe. Then he proceeds to share his guidance and wisdom. He's that person I need who will only tell me the truth to keep me authentic and on my path. I wonder if my childhood imaginary friend was God. Although my imaginary friend was a girl, God embodies the feminine and masculine qualities. He is whole. As I reflect, people may mock me for having a friendship with God, but I'd rather hear positive, loving words that teaches me discernment, courage, patience, compassion, and love than to hear words of self-destruction, fear, hate, and greed. Because we have a choice every day to choose love or fear. That's our free will. And as humans, we have that right given to us by God. I used to allow people or thoughts to choose me. 
Now I use discernment for my wisdom to choose people in my thoughts. My path of self-mastery began with a friendship between an imaginary friend to a friendship with God.